Before we begin, I'd just like to say thank you to my friends at Hair Saloon for supporting this podcast and for providing space at their corporate offices to record it. Hair Saloon's mission has as much to do with the restoration of men as it does with the business of haircutting. They try to make a difference in the lives of the thousands of men who come through their doors every week. Hair Saloon is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and if you've ever been interested in running your own business and want to work with great people, I would highly recommend you check out the Hair Saloon franchise opportunity. Go to hairsaloonfranchise.com to find out more information. That's hairsaloonfranchise.com. Also, a quick reminder to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already, and please take two minutes to give us your review. And if you have a question or a comment you'd like to share with our listeners, go to Suzanne at the SuzanneVenkerShow.com. Welcome back to the Suzanne Venker Show. I'm your host, Suzanne Venker. It is 2020, and I am doing something different starting this month. I am not going to be having a guest on for the next several weeks, and this programming that you're hearing right now is entirely organic. I did one session, I think, thus far solo with my sidekick, Andre Parody, who I will introduce in a minute, but I just wanted to welcome you all back to the new year and let you know that this podcast is going to be a little different, but I think you'll like it, and we'll just we'll just see how it goes. So Andre Parody, you guys might have um, heard him in the past on this program. I interviewed him several months ago, and then I had him on once when I did my own podcast and he is back and he's going to be back with me every week and he's out in LA. His podcast is called How the Culture Gets It Wrong and his website I should say is um, projectequinox.net. Is that right Andre? Yes darling. All right so there's Andre. Say hello Andre. Good morning everybody. (laughs) So Andre is here with me because he's a perfect male version of what I do. <laughs> He's out on the West yeah. Coast doing the same thing I'm doing in the Midwest. He's the male, I'm the female. We are all into the same thing and I think that our conversations flow really well, which is why I've invited him to be a part of this going forward. So we're just going to see how it goes and this week I want to start by talking about the emasculation of men. Oi. Oi. Oi and ouch. And let me please back up a little bit because I know that's hard to listen to. It's hard to hear. It's uncomfortable. Um, But there's a couple of reasons why I want to begin this new year talking about this. First of all, I'm writing a piece as we speak on this issue. And it's taking me a couple of weeks to to get it together. So it's going to be for the Federalists and it'll come out soon. Um, And the last two people that I had on in December, you may know, Andre, one was Alison Armstrong, who I know mm-hmm. you know because she's out there near you. And the other is, I don't think you know, is G.S. Youngblood. And and here's how this all kind of came together. Alison, as you know, um, has this book called The Queen's Code. She has several books, actually, but um, this the specific book called The Queen's Code, which came about as a result of her having been what she calls a frog farmer. Yeah, <laughs> if you remember that, because I know yeah. you've, you've taken her, um, co- I don't want to call them conferences, what, retreats, or what do you call the kind well, of work she, that she does? Work, she, I was involved in all the workshops. Workshops, and all the, yeah. Yeah, and then, but I was also part of the machine. We, we were building some stuff together at one point. Okay. Yeah. So so then you'll know the phrase frog farmer. So uh, just to recap for my listeners, the frog farmer is essentially a woman who de- who disempowers her man or who masculates her man. Then it's called a frog farmer. Um, Gosh, now I can't remember what the reason. Do you remember that story? Yeah, it's, 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 you know, some women turn frogs into princes, you know, and some women turn princes into frogs. And so when you think that all men are blank, whatever you're going to put there, you know, she basically says, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of you take a look at you because men are wired to provide and protect women. So if they show up any other way, it's you. They're responding oh, to you. Bang. Perfect. So she had had this, she did this in her own marriage the first time. I know she was remarried yeah. for many years later. Um, but her first marriage, she, she she did this, she said. It lasted seven years, and it and she 
basically the marriage ended and that's what got her on her path of learning why and how not to do that and then she went on to remarry and was the opposite kind of wife and she understood men and it uh, all came together and she wants to share it with the world okay so that was in december and then um a week or two later i interviewed gs youngblood who ironically is also out there in la area i don't know what's going (laughs) on here um and he wrote a book called the masculine in relationship and he, interestingly enough, same topic, same experience with his marriage. It ended, but on the other side, he's admitted, he basically said, I was emasculated and I didn't know it in, until I did. And my mm-hmm. wife closed herself to me every, in every way, including sexually. Mm-hmm. And, it, and the marriage ended. They had three kids. It tore him apart. He threw himself into understanding what the hell happened. Really very Oof. similar story to Allison's. Mm-hmm. only from the male side. And he wrote this nice. book speaking to men. So hers speaks to women, the queen's code and his speaks to men. So this um, of course is very much related to, to the work I do, but it was interesting and what you do as well, but it was interesting mm-hmm. to hear it phrased in such a way and have these similar stories from these two people. So I want to hone in on, on this specific uncomfortable topic of emasculation. That's how I'm going to start. Yeah. Okay, bring it. Okay, I am going to read to you a couple of emails. This is an example of the kind of stuff I see every day on my end that a lot of my readers and listeners don't, unless I bring it to their attention, obviously. So that's what I'm doing today. Um, Two of them are from men, one's from a woman. But this, as I say, I get this stuff all the time, and and the theme is very, very similar. And and in my relationship coaching, pretty much every... um, Every individual or couple is is essentially um, grappling with the exact same thing. I mean, really, you could just, my yeah. coaching is just on repeat. I mean, that's that's why yeah. this issue is is so critical and why I want to hone in on it. Okay, so here's an example from a Mar. I don't know if I'm saying this right. M A R C I O. You might know that better. It's a different um, nationality. Marcio. Uh, uh, Mar- Marcio. Marcio. Anyway, it's a male. Um, and he was writing about this issue. And he said, unfortunately, modern women demand that we yield to them. However, they also demand that we lead them, especially and conveniently when things get out of control. That is somehow illogical and contradictory. Girls want to be empowered and to call the shots. And meanwhile, they want to be led, nurtured and protected. As we guys try to be in charge of what we're supposed to do, we are accused of being sexist, toxic, inconvenient, aggressive, and so on. Therefore, it's not a matter of stepping back. It's a matter of granting what girls demand, women demand, if we want peace and we do not want to end up bankrupt at the nearest family court. Yuck. Yuck. Okay, and I'm just going to read a couple of these to give you a feel of, of what we're talking about. Again, same theme, but different perspectives. This is from a man named Steve. In the interview, he's referring to my interview with G.S. Youngblood. He said that a man should step up and make some of the decisions. Excellent idea. And again, in principle, I agree. But the man will be wrong. You both used, <laughs> you both used the idea of dinner because we talked about never asking a woman where she wants to go for dinner. How many times a nice dinner is planned, even with reservations, and it came right down to it and she wasn't in the mood for that kind of food? Worse, the fact that he didn't ask her to where she wanted to go wasn't taking into account her feelings. Why would a man make another decision on his own only to have it turned into a bad thing that he did? As a man, I'm going to catch 22. Okay, and then this last one's from a, a female, a woman, Christina. <clears throat> Christina. She's talking about she and her husband and who's supposed to lead. I'm working on letting my husband lead instead of doing it myself. We're always in fighting mode over everything, even how to do the laundry. Uh, It it seems to me that part of male and female complementarity requires that I concede on certain things, but he should concede as well, Um, uh, so on and so forth. So what do I do? Um, And then this last question from, from a man named Adam, do you believe there is a check and balance system set up for the masculine feminine dynamic? In other words, do you think there is a check and balance, checks and balance system? So I, I, I'm reading those just quickly, and hopefully people got the gist of it. That's mm-hmm. what's going on out there. You and I know this. These are mm-hmm. different perspectives, but all about the same thing. So let's begin talking about oh. how, how we got here, um, what you know to be uh, the, the, the answer, so to speak, and yeah. let's and if you want, you can use that analogy of dance, which I think is is so pertinent to this to this topic. 
Yeah, well, so we got here, you know, through, you know, the feminist movement started in the 60s, you know, which we understand was liberating. That was the whole point. It was liberating equal pay, equal opportunity, right, for women. Fantastic. Um, as we know, it was always present, but it wasn't popular because I know your family, right, your family uh, it's proof of that. Mm -hmm. Women could do whatever they wanted, and it was just wasn't really popular to mm -hmm. step in the world of men and compete in the world with men, like men. And but we made that really popular, you know, from the seventies on. So the past thirty, forty years, we raise all young women from kindergarten on to be strong, independent, and powerful. Strong, independent, and powerful, which is great, you know. But we used to raise men that way. Right. There's countries that what are the Czech countries? This is interesting. I'm a little fuzzy on its, uh, the data, but I, they, uh, I forget which one. But they actually um, at, by the age of six, they give little boys pocket knives to escort their sisters and their mothers to the store mm -hmm. because they actually taught right from the beginning that they were supposed to protect the women. Mm -hmm. Little pocket knives, you know what I mean? Like sort of that sort of like they, they, they weaponize them. Now it's a little over the top, but mm -hmm. you see the different thinking. Mm -hmm. Here, we empower women, which is great, but we disempower men. We shame men out of being masculine, which is the problem. Which is the problem, because right. Now you flip the, sw the switch or the script on nature, because it's really nature, right? Men want to provide and protect women naturally, like all women, you know, especially the one in your life. But like, there's an instinct, you know, if you get stuck on the side of the road, you know, it's not a woman who's going to pull over because it's too dangerous for her. You know, it's going to be a guy. And as soon as the guy pulls over, right behind him is going to be another guy to make sure that that guy is not a douchebag. And he's, you know, like, so mm -hmm. men do this instinctively to all women when they're healthy and normal. But when you shame them out of their masculine, that thing pulls back. And all of a sudden you find women literally feeling abandoned by men. And, and because men don't know what to do, right, if they're going to be shamed from stepping up, you know, taking the lead, making decisions – you know, being in charge, if you're going to shame them out of this, they stop, they pull back. So this is what we're seeing, right? So that leaves women empowered, but really abandoned in a lot of ways. And as you empower women, they get more vocal. <laughs> and now we have this thing where everything is going to be her way, which means she has to be empowered and in control, and he has to do it her way. And one Pro of the, one of the Pro arguments I'm making, interestingly, that I kind of got from Allison when she was on, which I thought was interesting, is that in effect, are they really empowered? Because well, it's an illusion. It's yeah. an illusion. Like I, I want to make yeah. that clear. Cause I knew what you meant, totally. but I want to make it clear to the listeners that you, when you disempower men, you actually disempower yourself. Because right. what you're looking for is for him to be strong and competent and in charge and capable. If you're not allowing him to do that, then you're you're not getting what you want either in the end. So right. both people lose, you know? Completely. And, completely. and so we know it's a lose-lose scenario. The problem, I, I believe, and one of the things I'm writing about in this, in this piece I'm putting together is that it starts so young. And right. it starts with, with what I'm going to be naming as this, you know, it's this taboo subject of single motherhood. Because mm. when boys, we know that we have, the, we are the number one country that taking the lead in single parent homes. I don't know if you knew that. That actually just came out a couple okay. of weeks ago. We're dealing with such large numbers of mother run homes and so much taboo and about being able to talk about what that ultimately means for a boy to be literally raised solely by women both in the home and, of course, in the schools because the schools are predominantly female. So that lack of male leadership or role modeling is basically just cutting them off before they even have a chance to become, mm -hmm. to learn what it is to become a man, whereas a daughter of a single mother still has her role model. See, no one ever talks about this because right. it's so <laughs> taboo. But we have to start at the root of it. That's really where it begins. You're dealing with years sure of boys just being surrounded by women and being taught and to, to be more feminine. And then when they get older and the decades go by, they're really stuck in this feminine mode. Yeah. And they can't step up. They, they, they don't really, you know, they've never, they've never been trained or they, they have no role model as it's a male a father. So the statistic, if you don't mind, the statistics mm -hmm. of this back in the seventies, 20% of black women were single mothers. 
15% of Hispanic women were single mothers and 5% of white women were single mothers. Nowadays, 70% of black women, 70% of black women are single mothers, right. 55, 55 um, Hispanic, and then um, now we're at 25 for the uh, white women. So what's happening is now we have this, like, think about it, 70% of young black males are raised mm-hmm. by women only, mm-hmm. single moms. Mm-hmm. And what happens is this, the, the role modeling is done by mom, not dad. There's no how to be a male you know, influence that is organic and natural. And that's what, you know, that's what a healthy boy, you know, looks to, to become a man. What is it? How does a man function? And how does he show up? How does he step up? How do you provide and protect? You know, so women will raise not because, not by malice. It's just not being, a woman will raise some, you know, will raise a guy or like she will raise a girl, which is to be sweet and sensitive and talkative and connected and, you know, you know, through her feelings and it has to feel nice, has to be nice. It has to be aware of everything and everyone, you know, around, you know, it's fantastic, but not at the cost of his masculine, which is really what happens. And ultimately these guys cannot find themselves in that. They, they, they basically grew up thinking and feeling that women because by the way when you're a single mom you're in your masculine right you're mama bear mm-hmm. so even the girls in the house don't even get the feminine essence they get that's, the, that's the masculine that's a good point. That's a very so these young girls these young girls are masculinized just by the nature of the setting the yeah. setup right so they become manly they have no daddy to, to teach them with you know the nurturing part of male, like the daddy energy, is different than man, you know men in the world energy. So they they would never felt safe or feel safe in the world because they don't have a daddy to make them feel safe. So they become more manly than mom is, right? So now they're trapped in that paradigm. The guys have nobody to role model after. They're they're sweet and sensitive and talkative. They walk and talk to their feelings. They can't step up in the world. They can't compete with men. They know this. They they they're weak. And there's the and their subconscious knows this, so they're really edgy and mm-hmm. angry, frustrated, and and frustrated because they have they know they have no power mm-hmm. because their power has never been developed, mm-hmm. and mom did it, you know. So a lot of guys turn against their moms, and uh, it turns yeah. against these are the guys that turn against women yep. when they get to be you know adults, and these are the guys who cheat, steal, manipulate. You know what I mean? These are the ones that hurt women. These are the ones that hurt people because they're so insecure, mm-hmm. unstable, financially, emotionally. Those are the dangerous guys. Masculine men are not dangerous. Feminine men are the yes. insecure, <laughs> unstable, dangerous. These are the ones that hurt. Seriously, these yes. are all the guys yes. in jails are feminine guys. Yeah. All the guys in jail, even though they look scary and super manly and tattooed to hell, are actually putting up this front trying to be tough because they have no idea who the hell they are and how to be male so they're all a bunch of girls in jails i'm just saying this is not (laughs) that makes a good uh title for an article (laughs) it's true though but that does not that's not healthy masculinity and this is what we're dealing with everywhere which now and then it came down to you know toxic masculinity well that's what that is that's not real masculinity this is those guys who never stepped into it did I just go off? Yeah, no, that's okay. It makes um, me angry. It I know, angry. I know. And 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 <sighs> just to be clear, you know, it's not that single motherhood is the only way to 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 have this problem. Now, there's also married home, married couple homes where the woman rules the roost and the man yep. has been completely disempowered and is weakened, yep. and she calls all the shots. And you're gonna churn out the same kind of experience there because whether your father wasn't there or if he is there but he's too soft you're still never going to be developed in your masculinity so you're still lost as to what that looks like does your marriage or love life feel hard i get a lot of emails from readers who are struggling in their relationships unfortunately the help an individual or couple needs can rarely be answered in a series of back and forth emails for this reason i offer coaching for individuals who are struggling in their relationships and for couples whose marriages feel stuck just go to suzannebenker.com and click on coaching at the top to sign up up for a session with me. That's SuzanneVenker.com. So we're now embarking, you know, here we are, we're 20, it's 2020. We're going to hear nothing but, especially this election year, about this, well, toxic, the so-called toxic masculinity stuff for sure. But then also what it means to be a man and what, and, and where have all the men gone? Like this is the, I mean, it's been going on for a couple of years already, but I, I think this year is going to be huge because of the, yes. it being an election year. Sure. And the misperceptions and misconceptions about 
you know, once you see emasculation, once you really see it up close, in my opinion, you can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, no, a, it's... It, it's about getting people to see it to begin with and understand because a lot of men don't understand their own disempowerment. Right. They, they think that's normal. And then they have these problems with the women and they don't know what it is. Right. So the goal is to begin by helping people explain how you got here and how to correct it. And one of the things I've heard you talk about that I think is really was really fascinating that I want to cover is it was in one of your recent episodes is this idea of being over nurturing. Yeah. You had a whole thing on over nurturing. I think it was primarily focused on women, but also yeah. men can be as well. So explain to people what over nurturing, where that comes from and how that plays into this whole thing. Well, you know, it's because like, uh, in my research and my studies and, you know, it's sort of, there's a basic psychology aspect to humans, right? You could actually backtrack you know, adults' behavior from their past. Obviously, we all have our injuries. I call it, but this one is, you know, in, in, this one is in place in in our culture. You know, where you are reducing, you know, just to say out loud, toxic masculinity. Just those words means you're making half the people on the planet wrong for who they are. The the instant disrespect. Imagine being a young boy, like. This is this a again data flying through my head. I remember coming across this article in high school where they actually put all the boys in the gym, and 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 have them pledge to never ever rape a woman, you know, and a young girl. And like you don't have to do this, you idiots. What is wrong with you, right? Like this is completely anti-cultural, anti-instinct for us to even. But they actually convince them. They teach the boys, you know, you have a penis, so you're toxic. You have a penis, you're dangerous. You have a penis, you're a rapist, but you don't even know it, right? So get this. Like, as these are like young guys, young men. So that entire trying to trying to <laughs> trying to feminize men or trying to wake them up to their own maleness, mm-hmm. but to shame them is completely destructive. Because what really needs to be for a young man, this is very different when than a woman, for a young man to grow up healthy and healthy altogether, he has to build his own character. And to build his character, he has to challenge himself. He has to fight for it, right? He has to sort of learn to, they say, you know, by the age of 10, as a mother, you should stop nurturing your boys, not your girls, completely two different things. You stop babying your boys by the age of 10, which means, you know, he has to get up in the morning and set the alarm mm-hmm. to catch the bus because mm-hmm. if he misses the bus because he didn't Absolutely. set up his alarm, that's on him, right? He has to learn to step into his own life and take care of himself like by the age of 10. Mm-hmm. And so what happens in our culture when women are overly nurturing or running the show, running the household, or they know there's no daddy, this over-mama bear protection of making sure everybody's always good and good, it's this, this kind of a beautiful thing in itself – but it doesn't work on boys. It kills and, and castrates boys, keeps them from stepping into their manhood. And their manhood is not to be dangerous and competitive and, and, danger, and, and killers. A, a, an appropriate man, man learns how to calibrate his masculinity, right? Like there's a calibration of being competitive appropriately, to be controlling appropriately, to step into the world and go after what he's, he he wants and needs and is is looking for and how how he's going to contribute to the world without being destructive. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a whole yeah. like this. These are all very very easy to do, but every young man in the world has to find himself. We ha- he has to step step into himself by challenging himself and conquering himself, his fears. So this is why you see like teenagers jump off the roof on their you know on their skateboards and mm-hmm. busting their knees and teeth, and that's all. A young ma- guy competing with his friends and finding his mojo, you know, challenging, challenging himself. These are all worth it, by the way. Busted teeth and bloody knees. And that's all like it's a little crazy, but it's a way to find yourself. So if you keep a boy too safe, too secure, too comfortable, here it is, comfortable, too comfortable, too comfortable, ladies, too comfortable. When you baby him that he cannot ever step into finding his himself and build his character he's he doesn't do it when he becomes a young adult and he becomes the guy who can't step up a guy who has no power mm-hmm. a guy who feels useless and is rather be comfortable 
than going to work. And these are the guys you course, say, what's wrong with you? And they go, well, you know, why don't you get a job? I don't feel like it. I don't, how do, who cares how you feel, right? Right. <laughs> Like, I mean, go, of course, this is, and then it's an epidemic. Yeah. It's officially an epidemic, which Absolutely. is why you hear women, and of course, women are excelling, and they're saying, "Well, where are the competent, comparable men? I don't well, have anybody to marry." Right. I mean, it's not going to go away. It's going to get worse. It's getting worse, and in the and within this, we're destroying an entire culture, mm-hmm. right? Like because families if, if break married, down. Fa- families, when the family unit disappears, culture disappears, society goes away. Yep. You know, so we're falling apart at hundred miles an hour in the name of what equality? In, in, in the name of what in the name of you what? know in the name you of can't what? you cannot shame men for who they are at their core you know you want to encourage them to step up and become men of character proud proud men men who grounded in their masculine let's call it grounded that. in the yeah. masculine that's appropriate yes. that all of this appropriate this is why they need men to mentor them by the way that's what fathers do that's what you know coaches do that's what grandfathers do uncles any male you know put guys in team things with men right. and this all organically takes place that's the point you're right keep them out of that i just can't even imagine being uh, coming up in today's day as a boy because if you even if you get it you know they have a double whammy because it's not just what's going on at home what we've described with single moms or or weak fathers or whatever but they're getting slammed by the culture every day well, about cool. masculinity in general and then in school i mean they're getting it everywhere so really yeah. the, it, and to think and, and to point fingers at them is insane. We're, we're the one who's creating this. We're creating exactly. this environment that makes it impossible for them to succeed. Yep. Everybody's got a role in this. Wives, parents, Hollywood, uh, politicians. Yep. That's all the culture and the media. We all have a role to play in what's happening with boys and men and the emasculation yep. that is readily transpiring. I mean, we, we yep. are to blame for that, not the men. So when all this <laughs> finger pointing has to stop because it's a waste of time and it's just simply untrue it's not we got that way not because we just churned out a bunch of bad boys they don't just come yeah. out that way yeah and, and it's dangerous right like this whole thing about like you know school shooting shootings mm-hmm. do you know what i mean this used to be a, 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 a rare phenomenon because there's always there's always a kid or two in each school who's an oddball who comes from a weird family who can't socialize who can't make friends right i mean that sort of that happens and uh, they're, they're, they're so awkward. And typically they snap when the girls, you know, if they can't join the world of men, they can't be part of the men's world because they're so awkward. But they usually snap in their teenage years when girls start making fun of them. Mm. So like when that, they realize, yeah. like, yeah, so that, that's usually when they snap. They're 15, 16, 17 years old. They're full of testosterone, which is full of mm-hmm. energy. Mm-hmm. But then, you, sh- you know, they, they, they realize that no one is – they don't fit in anywhere. And when the women make fun of them, that's where they – you know. My point is this: these guys were like oddballs here and there, whatever. But now it, because of our culture and the schooling, we make them. Mm-hmm. We actually make them by the school load, by the truck load, by the yep. bus load. We make them. So these shootings, I hate to say, I'm going to sound the alarm, are just the beginning. They're just starting. Oh, oh agreed. It's just completely. starting. And it's not about guns. You know, no, the kid no. in, in Ca- the kid in Canada used a truck. He ran over like 15 women. The, he, I don't know if you heard about this one. Incel. That was about two years ago. Incel. Incel. Like these these yes. young men who feel you know like mm-hmm. incel is involuntary celibate. So basically, they're young men that no woman wants to have sex with. So they get really angry and they feel left out again okay. by the whole. And then anyway, this kid stepped you know jumped into a truck and plowed into a bunch of young girls at the mall and killed 15 of them. You didn't need a gun. My point is the same yep. thing, right? Yep. Like this is just the beginning. So people are like gun control, gun control, and then you know toxic masculinity. We have to control. Ugh. And and the thing is, I understand honestly that you know if you think that masculinity in itself is dangerous because men are you know that's the energy of testosterone, right? To, to compete, to push, to control, to win, to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think by softening that paradigm in men that they're going to be less dangerous, safer, more connected, right? Like I get that if you're stupid to, to not like <laughs> read about this, it looks that way, right? Yes. If you soften men, they won't be dangerous. Right. But if you read past, you know, grab any, you know, basic psychology book, it's, it's the other way around. Complete you have to empower men for them to step up and protect men, uh, women and children. Like mm-hmm. they have to be powerful, appropriate, powerful, you know, to protect women and children. These are the guys who protect you from the bad guys. 
oh, we had all backwards. Okay, so let's reverse this damn thing because we're destroying our culture and our man. So Ooh, one of I the biggest. Wanna... Yeah, Ooh, that's okay. Sorry. I know. I know. Ugh. I know. I get it. I get it. Um, one of, in addition to the single motherhood being a taboo portion of this, another big taboo is women out earning men or wives out earning their husbands. Um, that is another big, um, you know, taboo subject, but one that if you don't understand the whys of it, you're just going to get your back up because you, you have this idea that it doesn't matter who makes what and because we're all the same and, and, and what have you. But of course, we're not. And that's why when it happens, when you're in a relationship or a marriage like that, it's not working. And people want it to work. They don't understand because they're not allowed to talk about the fact that, look, when women out earn men, you're basically cutting them off at the at the at the core because we, this goes back to the whole providing and protecting thing. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to be malleable about gender roles. I, I get that most people are. My husband and I certainly are. It's sure. one thing for women to work outside the home, all fine. But when you when you when how do you say it? When you reverse it too much, I guess there's no other way to put that. When you go too far with the role reversal, you are going to hit a wall. And the reason for that wall is biological, not because society hasn't changed enough and it still has to evolve. It's because you've hit that biological wall where you're cutting him off from being able to provide for his family. He will never be happy, ever. And he's swallowing that. He's frustrated by that. He doesn't know what to do with that because the world tells him that women are achieving and they're supposed to and you've held them down for so long so now it's their turn and so on and so forth so they step back and say okay but then they're miserable and they don't know what to do about it and by Mm -hmm. the way the woman's miserable too because he's no longer her knight in shining armor so she's not respect him she doesn't want to have sex with him i mean it's a freaking mess oh i mean that's it right there i mean that's it right there it's it's just you know in the name of equality yeah right we're not we're not equal and i say this all the time we're as equals our genitals look down Right. down like where know, do you see the similarity they're, they're <laughs> completely in opposition but they're made to fit right that's the point they're made to fit together so it's a complementary thing yes we're actually built that way in our beings right we are complementary to each other my character and what i bring to the table naturally with my wife complements her life right like if we're all the same check this out you know how I have to say this, women are typically more emotional than men, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you lose your temper more, you yep. get more emotional, like yep. whatever, right? That's, we know this, we know this. They hold right? on to things. They hold on to things, whatever. <laughs> so imagine if men were like this. Imagine having a fight when everybody lose control, right? It was, and, and you see this happening with soft men, by the way, and, and feminine men. They actually start screaming and hollering and losing their sh- – like, 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 like women, mm-hmm. like lose their temper, right? Mm-hmm. Where a, a masculine man doesn't do this. A masculine man will actually be just sit there, be the rock, mm-hmm. stay quiet, let her, you know, let the storm pass, right? Which often is where she needs to like get through it and calm down, and get on the other side of it and sort of get get. You know what I mean? Like it, that's a big part it, of what uh, Youngblood and I were talking <clears throat> about in December is that whole idea of creating safety and being not being affected when she's out of her element. Instead of looking at her with anger, look at her with well, he didn't use the word pity. That's not, maybe that's a little too strong of a word, but look at her with sadness, like she's out of control. She's yeah. not, it's not personal. It's yeah. her out of control of herself. And it's your job to not be affected by that. The less right. you're affected by that, the quieter she becomes. If you up and, the ante, she'll up the ante. Of course. And the more she'll, she'll, the faster she'll go through it. Yeah. If you just like, you know, if you just like, what do you call it? If you just sort of hold the, hold the space for the storm, the storm sort of passes really quickly. If you jump, jump in there. So my, my point is like, as, as instinctively as human beings, we're built in opposition and character and in temperament on purpose. Yes. We need women, women are emotional, fine, beautiful. You're more connected to your spirit. You're more connected to feelings and emotion. You're more connected to, you know, community and people like that's, that's your paradigm. That's what makes you better uh, mothers. Because you have this super awareness of people, you know, we don't. We're, we're aware of what we need to keep the, the thing going, right? The, the outside world, the machine of life, money and competing and fighting and conquering and make sure the household is safe and that everybody like. Mm-hmm. So it's two different machines, but, you know, put them together. Beautiful, beautiful. cocktail here. Use, uh, so, so, sorry, I don't want to cut you off. 
No, it's fine. I just, <laughs> I know you'll go on, but I just wanted to say something about the analogy to dancing because that's a perfect segue. Well, there. yeah, well, yeah, you know, my, I come from a ballroom background, you know, um, myself, and I met my wife in my dance class, um, and and the the metaphors for dancing and relationships, as I you know learned this material, as I step into this material, the the, the metaphors are fantastic, like. If you if you watch a ballroom couple dance, the beauty of this, right? This beautiful, feminine, sexy woman that everybody's looking at, right, is doing one part of the equation when he's doing an entirely different part of the equation, right? So they they don't both control this thing, right? They're in harmony where she gets to hold her frame, hold herself. She's not passive, by the way. Everybody, listen here. This is a relationship. Mm-hmm. The woman is not passive. But she is res- responding to his lead, mm-hmm. right? She's like responding to his lead. It's like pilot, co-pilot. Mm-hmm. They have to be together, but it's not the same job. And of course, that's where try- the, the the big the big overarching piece right. there to that is trust. And, and trust is ability. where if it's missing, that's where it all goes awry, and that goes back to childhood and everything we were talking about before. Boom, boom, boom! boom. You get it, right? So. You've it's ha- it's not a you know you cannot have a beautiful couple that you sit there and watch and go wow look at them if they both don't do their part and that's yeah. really the dynamics of men men and women dynamics relationships you know you need one of each in order for it to work so I have a question complimentary for you. were you we yeah. were you and your wife so you and your wife interestingly enough I don't know how this came to be but we're both married roughly yeah. the same number of years we have one of each sex kids roughly the same oh, you age and I, yeah. you, you and, and I. I yeah we have the did same did you story. guys yeah. ever struggle and then have to figure this out on your own or was it always natural for you guys well you know because i was a dancer i have to say looking back i probably let i I was probably too feminine for some of the stuff though i had my own business and i worked things out and i was masculine in all the ways and i managed to make the money and Mm -hmm. you know buy a house and all this Mm -hmm. stuff i would let her lead too many things Mm -hmm. and what happens with that is the cost of that was she got burnt out. She mm-hmm. got tired. She she was taking on things that without that we kind of just sort of that slid into place mm-hmm. dynamic, you know, and that kind of in, by itself stuff that I didn't want to take on. That if I didn't, she did, which mm-hmm. is normal, right? Mm-hmm. If you guy the guy doesn't do it, you're gonna do yep. it. Someone's gonna do it. Same mm-hmm. same thing when you're dancing. If he doesn't, if, he, if his lead is soft, she's gonna try to pick it up. Like it's just instinctual. It just that's the nature of the beast. But I, you know, and then and I've learned as I learned this material and it stepped into myself and take a look at myself. I'm like, you know, I really like, I got to just square off here, you know, for me and for her. And the more I did, the more masculine I felt, the more solid mm-hmm. I felt, the more, like the more, like I can, the more I could take on and the more confident because it builds confidence, right? When you handle yes. your stuff, yep. it does the same thing to women, but you, you know, you, you don't want to be masculine in your love relationship because you're killing the guy, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're, you're becoming his mother and that is the disaster you know, mm-hmm. in the making. So the more I stepped into me and my masculine essence, the more she got to let go and, and, and flow into feminine essence, which brought back all the loveliness to her and the 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 connectivity, you know, the, the, the feminine essence, mm-hmm. the, the what makes her shine and glow and radiate in the world, you know, like because she's not burned out. So it's the beautiful, beautiful mix when we both step into our size. I think a lot of people struggle with the chicken or egg scenario Yeah, with this whole dynamic because they want to say, well, I try this, but he or she doesn't respond. Or why should I have to go first? Or how do I change if he won't or she won't? And mm-hmm. I always tell people, you know, depending on who I'm talking to, it really doesn't matter who goes first. <laughs> Because whoever goes first, the other one's going to have no choice but to respond. So I've spent all yeah. these years talking to women um, and focusing on them that I finally decided I'm going to do something solely for men um, by basically saying, look, if she is this way and she's not going to read my book, The Alpha Female's Guide to Men and Marriage, yeah. for example. Let's say – because I've had a lot of men be like, I really want my wife to read this, but I can't get her to – what do I do? Do I strategically put it by her bedside or what? And you, and um, yeah. you can't make someone read anything, but you can change yourself, and then she will automatically have to change. And that can be very hairy, and it can be yeah. really it could be a long process actually of disentangling yourself from the dynamic that you had. 
So I don't know if you do this as well, but it doesn't really matter whether I'm talking to the husband or the wife or the man or the woman. You have the control all by yourself. Yeah, and that's exactly the work I do with my clients, you know, whichever, whether it was the male or the, the female. Because, you know, men respond to women so, 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 so much, much more than you can imagine, even though we, like, we seem to just sit there and really have no reaction. We are completely responding to you. So when women come at me with, you know, men are all, I'm like, no, men are not all. This is you. They're responding to you. Not not to be crass yep. about it, but that's it's yep. what it is, right? Yep. When you say and the same thing, women are all eh, no dude, it's you. Part of the stuff that I do with my clients is if the guy finds himself sort of disempowered and feeling frustrated and you know, she runs him over constantly and in that he feels mothered, ladies, if you really want to kill the dynamic between you and man and you, keep mothering him, see what happens. <laughs> right? Because no, nobody wants to have sex with their mom. I'm just saying, right? So when you when you tell him what to do, when you give him advice, when you push on him, when you say you should try this, we should do this, we well, do this will make more money. The more you, the more you tell him what to do, the more you go after him. The more you're trying to fix him and or make him act right. You become his mom, and mm-hmm. I promise you, you know, you're gonna stop having sex, and then he's gonna end up having sex with somebody else, mm-hmm. and you'll blame him for yeah, it when you actually bingo. started doing it. Bingo. I'm just saying. Bingo. Every guy who has an affair is saying the same thing. So not to excuse that, but this is where it starts. Yep. So m- what I do with my clients, I go, so dude, just kind of you know step up. Right. Just stop. Just start. Start putting the brakes on her. Oh, God. Are you, are you kidding me? I go, no, just say, no, we're yep. not doing that. No, this is not going to happen. No, we're not buying this. And if she's going to get all bent out of shape. If yep. She's not used to him stopping her. But I'm telling you, the moment you go stop, no, this isn't happening. No. You all of a sudden he gets he gets really sexy. She gets all like, oh, I can't believe you can. Mm. Mm. Yep. Mm. All of a sudden, he's got some power. All of a sudden, this guy's got sexy. Again, mm-hmm. this is all instinctual. That's all instinctual stuff, mm-hmm. right? This is, this is women respond to power mm-hmm. because men with power can protect them, mm-hmm. period. Period. So when a guy steps up and stays, and, you know, a rock, it's actually attractive to women and she finds him sexy. She can respect him. And that's the power dynamic, the magnet, the magnetic component right, to it. Like yes. Component like you to can it that a- actually keeps us want to have, you know, like want to get together. That's yeah. that's a magnet. You have to have that. And of course you can be married for many years and and be friends and uh you know and and things will may be relatively peaceful, but you're going to be very frustrated internally by yeah. just having that, of course. So yeah. it may make for a peaceful household if you get along relatively well. Um but at the end of the day, that chronic, in my opinion, that chronic frustration is building on both of their parts. They just don't realize what they can have, you know, and they don't know right. how it, how to go about it. Well, because when culture says equality, 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 and again, if we're both sort of about the same, so now everything is more fair, and then we sort of like get to like groove there. However, like two magnets, you actually neutralize the masculine and feminine dance and all of a sudden there's no dancing happening there's nothing going on this is you got flat energy and no one's interested in anything and nobody's fighting but nobody cares either are you and seeing it, this andre i don't know if we've talked about this in the millennial generation I, they're they're so they're so screwed they are so, so screwed and they have it's sad because they have no idea no they idea. literally think they literally believe they have figured out how yep. to have a relationship better than yep. their parents and grandparents. Yep. They think their friendship and their uh, equality you know, mentality is yep. actually the key that we were all missing you know, in our yeah. lives. Yeah. And meanwhile, you look at them and you think, oh, my lordy, the, the red flags that we see right now are glaring. And I really worry for that generation. Oh, I think they're they're so screwed because I mean, but I think you know that's amazing because they actually live it, right? They were raised in that system, so they 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 think yeah. it's true and right. Yeah. But I talk everybody I talk to everybody, most everybody, but like you know, until they get to be older and they really go, this is all crap. Yeah. But most everyone, you know, even our age group, they all everything's that you know, you know, finally in the history of mankind, <laughs> we actually had a place where. We finally empowered women and softened men, so now we have a place where we can actually be equal and group together. And I go, well, that's fine for money and business, fine. Yeah, yeah. But do this in your relationship, see what happens. Divorce every 10 years. Well, and women that's aren't finding happens. men, and the men have pulled back so much that they can't even find a man to marry. Right. And yet they don't even realize that, that it's their narrative. It's their yeah. it's the lesson yeah. that they were taught that's causing this problem. There's no connection. Yeah. There's no connecting yeah. of the dots. 
but it's and just so those, obvious. Uh, yeah, and these guys, I mean, I was in a panel, a, a men's panel uh, with four guys, and we're talking about what it's like to be a man and, you know, how we oh, – I love that. It was like the question was like, what, what do you love the most about women? So as men, we're basically stepping up, basically, you know, teaching a group of women what it's like from our perspective and what we love most about women. Women, most women have never heard this, right? So, and it's like, you know, it's, it's typically an elder guy and it's, a, a, you know, a middle-aged guy and a, a guy in his 30s and a young guy. The perspective of age is just predictable also what they're going to say, depending. And this, you know, we're all show up with like, you know, what we love the most about women and, the, the, you know, the fact that you make us better and kind of bring us into our hearts, you know, because we're kind of stuck in our heads and all this beautiful stuff that we all know and feel that some, mostly we don't talk about because we just know it. And so anyway, and then this <laughs> goes down to this 22 year old little, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and he starts saying, and this is what happens, right? When you feminize a man too much, it becomes all about him. Have you noticed these guys you, you don't have a conversation with? It's always a monologue. It's always him talking about himself. About himself, yeah. about himself. Yeah. So they so on stage instead of the question is how what do you like what do you love most about women? And he start telling telling everybody and us and arrogant about it that well he was raised by his mother and he really knows how to listen to a woman and I was raised by my mother and I you know I was raised to be very sensitive to women and I listen to women and I really pay attention and I really care and I really ask them always what they want and I'm respectful and like and self righteous and arrogant about it. Like he and he's looking at us like you guys have no clue because I'm the one who figured it out because my mom raised me right and he was such a disrespectful little bastard. We we, we we almost threw him off the stage because the women the, the women all frown the, the women in the audience are like what the hell is this nasty little bastard then and, and acting like he's like this like the gift of god to women and then better than the rest of us and but that's what they actually believe raised by his yeah, mom to be like sweet disgusting yeah disgusting. And even if and, the, the ones that aren't saying it are, th are thinking it if they were raised yeah, in a similar yeah, way yeah. and they're very proud very proud and i say give them about another 10 or 15 years i want to hear from you i want to hear about all the sex you're not having i want to hear about why your yeah. marriage isn't working and and then i'll help you then because until you get it you're 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 blissfully unaware really you really yeah. just don't even see it until you can see it so it's yeah. anyway um just to sit, just to close this out a little bit and give an example of what I just read that I think is a perfect emasculation of men and very new is this new commercial by booking booking.com it's a new booking okay. commercial where the okay. woman proposes to her boyfriend with a ring and has a trip planned for him if he says yes so basically it's just this God. whole ad showing the woman waiting and getting down on a knee. And the man walks up to him. It's just exactly what we've always known is the way it works. And then it's completely reversed. And you look at it with your mouth open and think, no, 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 no. Like everything about it is so wrong. And I'm going ding, 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 ding. And you look at this and this is supposed to be. You know, progressive and forward. This is the, this is this is the way we're going the now. New, the new and, way. Yeah, the new way. And you think, oh my god, that is a dead marriage before it's even going to get off the ground. It's it, it's so bad. And and people, but but people don't really understand. I don't think a lot of people anyway. Why I'm reacting that way? Why would you react so viscerally to that? And why is that? Why isn't that okay? And when you <laughs> one, you know when when you when you know. <laughs> Oh my gosh! How do I say this? When no, you know this stuff so well, it's so glaring that there. Where do you even begin? The fact that he didn't step up to the plate. The fact that he doesn't even know if he wants to marry you. The fact that he's not capable of asking himself. The fact that you have to ask is setting yourself up for a lifetime of misery. Of course. And then how do you? How good do you feel as a woman? Right. Like right. take it back to this, the, the the basics. As a woman who. How, how good do you feel never knowing really if he likes you enough to exactly step up that he never managed to put a ring on you to, that he's never done anything for you that you know unless you do it nothing happens so does he really like you love you because you're the one making it all happen so that question mark which is your self-doubt by the way that it's inside of your being as a woman right am i lovable am i really lovable as a woman like yeah. that's that's your core self-doubt 
you know, you just trigger it all over the place for yourself. You know, this is why I say you don't get to do any of this if you want to really feel connected and bonded and loved. You know, he has to step up. He has to choose you. You can't make him choose you, by the way. I always say this, right? Like, ladies, you don't pick the guy. Mm-hmm. He has to pick you. Yeah. Yes, to come and go, wow, you're the one. Just something about you and step into you, into your life. And then, you know, prove himself that he's valuable, capable, you know, to 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 be the guy who will take care of you in some ways, you know, in all the ways ultimately. And then step up and say, be my girl. I'm going to protect you forever. That's the ultimate you know, That's flattery. The ultimate That's the ultimate, like, gift. That's the ultimate ah, feeling safe as a mm-hmm. woman. The other way a disaster you're his mother the rest of your life and you'll hate him in a few years you froze no i thought that was so good i'm just holding up my hand everybody i can (laughs) i have to tell you this andre and i can see each other but you can't see us (laughs) so you probably don't realize what we're doing but i'm telling him to stop right there because that was a beautiful ending and i want to cut him off okay (laughs) all right we we will pick this up next week for sure yeah and do it again yeah. because that's what we love to do. And hopefully Ooh. people do too. And um, we will just see how it goes this month. Does that sound good? Yeah, I, yeah no, fantastic. I mean, to me, and you get this because my clients are all the same. My clients come at me when they've tried all this crap yep. and it's not working. And they realize like this is something really wrong mm-hmm. and nobody can answer the question. Nobody can explain it to them. And then they get to you or me and they go, apparently you got something different. What you got? There Let you me go. have it because my life, my life's not working. So if we just manage to get that question out there today, that people, women, men, can just go and, go and see, you know, this isn't working mm-hmm. <laughs> because – Ultimately, what we talk about, and doing this with my clients, and I'm sure the same with yours, is when we when we start talking about it, they go, oh, and like it resonates, yes. right? And it goes, oh, oh. Well, it's of a course. it's a relief too because I want them to know, you know what? It's not really you. It's really right. not you. It's it's you've been so raised wrong about how yes. this works, and you just simply don't know what you don't know. Yes, and it resonates, and all of a sudden there's a little hope and a smile on yes. their face. And yeah. so what else do you know that I don't know? I yeah. will step in. Let's yeah. go, right? It's, it's fantastic. Awesome. So it I think we just did it today, I hope. Awesome. And, Someday and we got to do it together on stage somewhere. I'm, I'm committed okay. to we oh, got to do that. Yeah. Maybe this year. Awesome. Okay, Andre. So see you um, until next week then. We'll talk yes. again. Have a good week. You too, Daddy. Okay. Talk to you later. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Suzanne Venker Show. Don't forget to tune in next week when we talk with Andre again. And if you haven't done so already, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And please do take two minutes to give us your review. You can also go to my website, SuzanneVenker.com, and you can get in touch with me there if you have a comment or a question, as well as get a free ebook if you become a subscriber. So watch out for that. And that's about it. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good week. Bye.